Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your new nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hi everyone and welcome to Having It All, a podcast that explores the question, can we really have it all in life? My name is Matthew Bivens and I believe that having it all means viewing life through a lens of abundance and love. You see, it's not about having anything, but instead about how we experience ourselves, other people, and life itself. In this podcast, my guests and I explore what having it all and creating your ideal life actually look like. We talk about the joy and contentment when you feel like you have it all, however it is that you define it. And we also talk about the profound and sometimes uncomfortable situations that you frequently must go through in order to create that ideal life. My goal with this podcast is that you walk away from each episode with new lessons that you can apply to your life, as well as real, raw stories of what having it all can look like. I want to spark the flame in your mind that asks, what does it look like to have it all in my life? So... With that, join me in having it all. How did you handle the last crappy situation you found yourself in? My guest in today's conversation is Diane Crampton, and she would guess that you did one of three things. You either blamed someone else, ignored it altogether, or asked yourself the question, what is this here to teach me? Diane has spent most of her life asking herself, what is this here to teach me? And that has led her to many amazing personal realizations and life experiences. Now, this conversation is quite special for me, um, as you will learn, because Diane and I have had a back-and-forth pen pal-like relationship for the past year and a half on LinkedIn. And this, you know, this interview that I have with Diane is the first time that the two of us have spoken over the phone. It's the first time that we've actually heard each other's voices. So that's really cool. It's a special moment for us. And um, Diane's brilliant. She has tons of wisdom to give. Um, she goes into some, some details in here about how to uncover your values and your passion and, and your purpose. And she shares what I like to call the suit story which is really interesting. And so, um, yeah, with that, no more teasing. Let's jump right into my conversation with Diane Crampton. The conversation with my guest today actually started almost a year and a half ago on LinkedIn. We connected completely as strangers, 
and began a dialogue of weekly back and forth messages that has continued up until today. It's phenomenal and we've covered every topic from business to cooking and gardening to you know that real life nitty gritty stuff that we all go through. Um, she's like my, my virtual pen pal. Um, so my guest is the founder of the Tigers Success Series where she and her team work with committed leaders to build teams of employees who love their organizations. She's implemented her amazing system in organizations like Costco, AT&T, and Boeing. And her mission at Tigers is to create cooperation between employees and collaboration between departments. So with that, I am incredibly excited to welcome Diane Crampton to the show. Diane, how are you being today? I am being very happy, and part of that is we get to talk. Yes, we do. This is terrific. This is terrific. This is our first conversation since we connected back in September 2014, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's the first <laughs> verbal conversation. Yes, verbal. Isn't that fantastic? Like, I just want to take a second to recognize how freaking cool that is that we connected, and I was, I was sharing this with you before we hit record that I went back and I read through our entire thread. And <laughs> it is incredible, just the amount of, of usefulness, value that we were giving each other in the beginning with business and different things, and then sharing about our families. I was telling you about my wife. You're telling me about your husband and your son. And we just went in, and it was, it was just so cool to me that we were able to create that level of trust and transparency. Um, I don't know. I guess it was just... We, the energy that we, we were experiencing between one another was powerful. It is powerful. And I like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that helps. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, Diane, I gave a, a little bit of information in the intro, but can you fill in the gaps for me and um, just tell me who you are, what you do, and, and share Share you with our listeners. Well, I am a person who uh, was really focused on just about everything. I uh, was a person that was, you know, sort of a high achiever. And we can talk a little bit about how what high achievement sometimes is a symptom of. Mm. And uh, but there was a period of time where I had worked my uh, myself up uh, into a management position and was faced with a gut-wrenching um, alternative, which was to continue working for that company at, in a management position and doing dishonest things. And, and, and I think the emotional dishonesty of uh, just surprising employees with a layoff mm. was something that I just couldn't reconcile. Matthew, I, I looked at that and I said, you know, that's not the type of person I am. These are not the values I subscribe to. Uh, at that time, I was beginning to understand what values were. I was in my early 30s and I decided, you know what? I don't need this. I'm not going to do this to people. And I quit. So I was also at a process and a time in my life where not a lot of things were working. I had tons. I had a great house, had a super car. I had 
uh, a daughter who was two. I has I had a husband that I was out of step with. It wasn't really working. And I thought I had it all. Mm. And the harsh reality was I didn't have anything. And what I realized when I was in that values clash as a manager in a company that wanted me to blindside employees and lay them off was that there's more to life, much deeper and a much deeper meaning to life. And it, it starts from the inside out, not the outside in. Yeah, and you and then, had a lot of those. You had a lot of those outside things. You had the, oh. like you said, the cars and the house and all those things that many times society really tells us is "quote unquote" success. Exactly, mm. but success is a feeling that comes from the inside out, and it's not what you have; it's how you be. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So your question right off the bat, well, how are you being today, <laughs> is, is, is a very important one. And I think what this took me into was a terrific inner journey to discover really why I'm on the planet, what it means to be, what my being ultimately means, and how that could resonate in a lifestyle and work, life work or life purpose that makes a difference from the inside out. So uh, I started, that actually launched a huge question for me because I wasn't seeing all those success symbols like cars and houses and having things uh, to line up to what I considered a, a quality life. Um, I wasn't seeing uh, work that didn't line up with who I am being something that was leading to a quality life. I was looking at how easy it was uh, for managers to make decisions to just cut people loose without any thinking about uh, the repercussion of that, and sometimes it is necessary. So what do you do that's ethical and honest when you have to? And so that put me into a question about what really is necessary to build a, a group of people, you know, whether it's your family, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's your city, whether it's your business. How do you build a group of people that are 
moral, hmm, uh, wow. qual- you know, quality focused, you know, that there's a feeling of, of productivity and they're, they're cooperating with one another, not competing, not trying to knock somebody else back to get ahead and are also very successful. But I was seeing that, that, you know, what we were just talking about a minute ago, success not really being the things you have. It's more of a feeling of being satisfied, yeah. even though the goals that you achieved were really hard to get, but really feeling satisfied at the bone level for that. And as a result, that created this question of what is necessary to create a moral, ethical, responsible, uh, productive, cooperative, uh, quality-focused group of people. And I, that not only changed my life, but it changed the whole focus of my work and what it means to create companies that are so powerful, Matthew, that the purpose that they have beyond just making money is inspiring to employees. And it's like they it takes their purpose, the purpose for having this company into hyperdrive because the impact that they can have in their community, either building solid, employable jobs for people, to how that relates to the country as a whole, how that relates to the uh, continent as a whole, <laughs> and, it, it, and how that relates um, on the world, in the world as a whole, is... Uh, what I started turning my attention to. Mm, so what that makes me think of, because I, I'm sure there's people who are listening that are like, okay, great. So you found the question that you then pursued. And from that, you know, you've created this business and you've helped organizations, but how do I find that question in my life? Like, how do I get that spark? And can you, can you dive into maybe some of the, the things that you were doing at the time that helped to create that question or create that spark in the first place? Because I think a lot of people are sort of just going through life, you know, doing what they're, what they're doing in their routine. They want that spark. They want that question to hit them that they can then dive into, but they aren't experiencing that and they don't know how to experience that. And oftentimes, Matthew, they don't experience it until they are in phenomenal emotional pain from loss. Mm. And it should and it doesn't have to be that way because I think when we start realizing that and I and I and I realize this, I look at my daughter, I look at my son, I look at my husband. It's we've all come with certain gifts that are easy for us. <laughs> Maybe it's the gift of of influencing people. Maybe it's the gift of drawing. Maybe it's the gift of using words. I mean, you come with a certain gift, math problems. Ooh, that's a gift I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you you come with certain things that are easy and you sometimes see that in your three-year-old who skips across the carpet singing on tune and you realize, hmm, one gift that this person has is that they're not tone deaf, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
you start looking at the gifts that people bring because when when they're born and when people have certain gifts they have strengths that go along with them and i think we have a society and and i know i had it going through school when i was a child that expects you to absorb information and then be something you're innately not. Maybe society will tell you to be an accountant when you're an artist. Maybe society will tell you to be a secretary when you're a born leader. <laughs> Maybe, you know, even your your parents say, well, this is a better job than being mm, an artist. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a better thing for you to do. And so we channel people out of their strengths and into boxes that may or may not fit. Or what I call a suit that doesn't fit. There's a great mm, story like that. about this suit. Um, this guy goes into his tailor to buy his suit. And they say, you know, they they have some on the rack and they say, hey, try this. It's in your price range. And so the guy tries it on. The sleeves are, one sleeve is too long, one is too short. And uh, the pants are a little bit long. And so the sales guy says, well, just move your arms this way and bend over that way and tuck your leg up this way. And look how it fits beautifully. It's flat across your back. It the sleeve length is perfect now. And so this person hobbles out of the store in this suit and passes these two women sitting in a, a sitting in a, uh, in a stand waiting for the bus. And the one woman says to the other, Oh, that, did you see that poor man? Oh my God, he's so crippled. The other said, yeah, but doesn't the suit fit nice? Mm. Wow. Right. And so we we put people into positions and and it often comes out of families yeah. where where people it's not until they're in their 40s or 50s that they begin to do what they can to the planet to do. And so I think we have strengths and we have uh, s skills and interests and just things that are easy for us that we come on to the planet for. And even if it's a Down syndrome child, <laughs> unconditional love and hugs might be why they're on the planet. Mm, yeah. And so <clears throat> we don't really know what our strengths are. We get reasoned out of our strengths, which in many ways is the very source of our fire. It's the source of our... Uh, our creativity and purpose. So I was met with that question. It was like, why am I here? I was a bright kid. I could learn stuff. I mean, I could do quite a few things. But they weren't necessarily my strengths. And I really didn't have a sense of my own purpose. Why am I here? So I had to figure that out. And I was figuring that out before I asked the question. Now, what were you doing to figure those things out? Because, you know, I totally agree with you that when you 
aren't operating within your strengths and your gifts and your purpose, that something just feels off or you feel like something is missing, you feel unfulfilled. So I think a lot of listeners would say, yes, operating within your strengths is going to be more fulfilling and rewarding than operating outside of your strengths. But how do you how do you identify your strengths and your gifts? And ultimately, how do you land on what your purpose is? I had I had a period during that time where I was going through a divorce. I was going to quit my job. I had a two year old. (laughs) And, Mm. and, you know, so I was I was one of those examples of a hide-stripping experience that got me to the core questions, and I don't believe people have to do that. The first thing I wanted to know is what I call sorting through the bones of my life, where I went back as long as I could remember, and I wrote down all the things that gave me joy and happiness and that were easy for me. That's powerful. And and I did. I, I and I took a period of a couple of months to do this because I couldn't just sit at a table and it would come to me. Yeah. It had to come from more of an inspired space. And I realized that when I was three, certain things were true and they were easy and it gave me joy and happiness. And then when I was a little older and upwards and upwards, and it started pointing me toward also those instances where I felt out of sync or at war with what was going on and around me, angry even. And those more difficult times really pointed me almost more closely to what my purpose was because something in there was agitating and not fitting for me. Mm. And so you take the good, you take the um, not so good times. And I learned from those times what it was that I was here to be part of. And what I learned was one word, and that word is peace. That when I'm involved in activities that result in peace at some level, whether it's peace for a person that I am coaching or if it's peace between people in disagreement or peace within a group, within a business, so that what they produce is such is so much easier and so more ingenious and inventive. This gives me a real boost of energy. It's a confirmation. It's kind of like the fire in my belly. Yeah. <clears throat> so then I started looking at the strengths I have that would help bring peace into more of my daily experience, my work experience, my family experience, etc. And I collected my strengths. And then I realized that leadership is something that I value. And I seem to be able to pull the best out of people in situations. And there's reasons for that. And I really didn't know what it was. 
But that's what set my direction. And I also learned from those times that weren't so comfortable and happy that there were values that were in clash with that situation. So I had to figure out what my personally held values are. What's non-negotiable for me? Yeah, I, like I had that. to learn what my my purpose is. And that was a very much a self-reflection process of good and bad times. And then I started assessing my strengths. Well, I really didn't have any guide in this process. So it was very internal and it was very organic for me. So it was years later that I discovered Strength Finder. And if you haven't ever experienced Strength Finder, it's a tool from Gallup. And it's based on a series of tests or questions that point you toward what you are naturally good at, that point you toward where your phenomenal strengths and genius lie. And it was interesting, my own organic process that literally went on for a uh, three-year period during my education was pretty right on target with what Strength Finder uh, discovered or helped me discover. So that's a great tool that I encourage people to use if they want to save a little time. Mm, I like that. I will, um, I'll link to strength finder in the show notes. And what is so nice about strength finder too, Matthew, is that they have come out with a version for children. Oh, wow. That's relevant to me. Cause, uh, my wife and I will be having our first child in a couple of months. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about this tool because we were just talking about how society and sometimes our parents with their most well-meaning um, advice, because they want to see their kids be successful oh, yeah. and they want to see them in employable jobs, but they might not know what their children's strengths are. Or they might assume that those strengths are something that really isn't employable. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So they, they fit them into suits that don't fit. And as a result, um, you'll eventually figure it out if you're a self-reflective person. But it would be nice to start from a solid footing rather than having to stumble through it and finding it. Absolutely. And I, I love the visual you created by that story of the suit that didn't fit. Because I know, personally, I've absolutely worn on a suit because other people said that's the a suit that I should wear. And uh, I, I tell this to my my wife, Sarah, all the time, um, just doing a little of my own self-reflection that I've been let go from all but two jobs I've had in my life. And I just think there is some, there is something about that suit of, you know, working for somebody else that up until now has not fit, has not fit me well. And when I wear, when I was wearing that suit on it, I was hobbling, you know, and the suit might have looked nice, you know. I had a I had a job, I had a salary, I had benefits, but there I was really having to contort myself to fit in that suit. So I think it's just a powerful visual um, that you that you gave to us. Well, and you know, I've I have a lot of conversations with people on LinkedIn who who actually come to the com to my company and are looking for work, and it's interesting. So many of them have that stories of mm. of 
working for a company that didn't in any way line up with their values. And I think it's a big mistake nowadays when you see companies that don't harness the entrepreneurial spirit of their employees. I mean, I have an example of a company that does that. Uh, It's in Maui, Hawaii, in a little town um, that is uh, on the way to Hana. And this company has a bed and breakfast and dinner operation. It's called Mama's Fish House. It's uh, either one or two in the country in terms of restaurants. And employees waiting tables, you know, basically doing service industry work, have wonderful retirement incomes and have been with the company for years. And what the owners have done that I think is absolutely ingenious is they'll find an employee who likes to garden, for example. And this one employee actually would wear these gorgeous flowers to work when she was waiting tables. <laughs> and the owner would say, where did you get those gorgeous flowers? And she says, right out of my garden, and I grow them. So the owners created a contract with her to provide flowers for the women who work there every day and flowers for the room. So not only did this employee just love the work she was doing and kept on advancing through different positions uh, in the company as now the head gardener. (laughs) I (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love it. She loves it. And they're all paid well. And she was able to harness this entrepreneurial spirit that gave her some additional money for her family. But also she made everybody beautiful because Mm. she liked gardening because it was beauty. Mm. I love that. Beauty was one of her values that the company captured and said, Oh, we like that value too. Let's uh, help you be more successful with it. We know what's so important about this conversation about values is that if you don't know your values, if you aren't clear on your values, and if you haven't prioritized them, then it won't be as clear when those values are not being met. I, I, and I say as clear because you'll feel it in your gut when you know the, the business that you work for, the, the school that you attend, or I mean, let's be real, even your spouse, when your spouse doesn't meet your values, like you'll feel it in your gut. But if you don't actually have them written down on paper, you won't know for certain. You know, you can't say, I'm going to pull out my values, you pull out your values, and let's see what they look like. So I think it's so important for people to actually go through the process like you did of thinking through, listing out their values, and then prioritizing them. Well, exactly. And sometimes it's not even a priority. For me, it was a non-negotiable value to blindside people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. And the there's a lot of information about violating your values or letting your values be eroded in the addiction literature, the literature around codependency. Mm. And when people, and it's true, I've heard people who said, oh my gosh, I worked for this company. My values were eroded and eroded and eroded. And I felt like a, I was between a hard uh, rock and a hard spot and I just wanted to die. 
And that often happens. That is a feeling of people who allow their values to be eroded over time. So it's, yes, I believe in a prioritization because there's a give and take on the, on, in the world, but you got to be able to reclaim that self that has been diminished literally by letting somebody kind of walk over your values. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And I think, and I think, I really do think that if this was an exercise in college, be it marketing, be it life sciences, be be whatever it is, health, <laughs> uh, that the exercise in knowing your values, even as a teenager, is important because there's so much out there that's going to test that, that resolve. And I think oftentimes it's value clashes that people encounter that lead to divorce more than anything else. Mm, we just don't know ourselves. We don't know ourselves. Um, and we don't know our, uh, what's important and non-negotiable. I mean, a value is a non-negotiable thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, when, when we haven't spent the time to investigate and look at those things, then the clashes are going to happen. You know, it's, it's not even an if it's, it's when those clashes are going to happen. Um, one thing that I really like about how you've described this process you went through is you use very proactive language. And I want to highlight that because this whole process of, you know, self-discovery, self-actualization, growth and healing, it is something that requires proactivity. You know, it's not one of those things that you can just sit back and wait to happen to you. And and I think that's so important because I I know there's people listening because I was in this place myself that I just wished things would happen to me in this way that would leave me feeling more self-actualized. And that does not, it doesn't happen that way. So I, I um, appreciate you, Diane, for using proactive language because that's what you need to be. You need to be proactive to pull yourself out of those work environments that don't, that don't um, honor you or to sit down and actually investigate your values and ask your spouse to do the same thing. Like we need to be proactive in these things if our goal is to um, improve our experience of life. Well, and, and if we even take that into, we could take it into a business context and we can also take it into what is a, an American value, a U.S. value, which is freedom, right? Yeah. Well, when you, when you put yourself in a position where you can no longer have free choice because you're on the track of acquiring things, 
thinking that's the track to having it all, you oftentimes are in relationships, let's say with business, where you can't quit because you're working for money. You don't have money working for you. When you have money working for you, in my view, that's what gives your life freedom. Oof, I love that. That's powerful stuff right there. And I absolutely agree. 110%. But you'll have as a teenager, as a child watching TV, you have society telling you that to acquire things means that you will have it all. Yes, yes. You, so, so I think the point I really want to make here is that having it all is an inside-out activity. And you're right. It can't be laid on you. It's something that you discover yourself. And in that uh, preparation, amazing things show up. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a, a useless exercise. For me, it was uh, almost phenomenal instant business success. Oh, really? That's, that's interesting. So going through this process to you led to business success. Like you can, you can, you can correlate them one-to-one. I can correlate it one to one, but there was, you know, I went through a period of work. I had my question. Mm. Then I had to find out the answer to the question. Then I had to determine if that answer to the question was really true. And so there was a four year period of chopping wood and carrying water, living in accordance to my values, looking at, um, times that I had allowed my values to be eroded, which creates anger, and you store it, you stuff it, and you let that stuff go. So it is, it's, it's, a, it's a probably, I call it my inward journey to facing my unhealthy tiger. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like Mobley walking into the jungle and ending up eye to eye with Shere Khan, it, it can be scary. It can be unnerving. It can be so rewarding and so life affirming and freeing that there is an end at the, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. And I encourage, I wish we would have these conversations when, when our youth are at the age of exploring independence in themselves. And that, quite frankly, as the brain develops and cognitively happens, is is around seventh or eighth grade. So as we start developing independent people who are experiencing the cause and effect of their choices, and we don't take those causes and effects away from them, I think when they go through that period of independence and self-reflection and self-identity and learn what their values are and they learn what their purpose is, what their strengths are that support that purpose and that it's more than just making money and having things, that I think we will find the type of people 
coming out of colleges that are already of a collaborative mindset. And I also think that we'll probably see a big reduction in the divorce rate in this country. Huh. Those are two things that I, I imagine anybody with kids or, or married absolutely wants to experience. Those are you know kids coming out of college who know themselves more fully and to have a healthy and thriving marriage. And what I'm hearing you say is if we focus on looking at those things like values and purpose early on, then we can we can expect to experience those outcomes. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And I think that, um, and we can look at our business community as an example of how well we're doing. <laughs> That's interesting. Talk to me about that. Well, if you think about it, most businesses have their purpose statement. Yeah. Their mission statement, their value statements, and they're all words on a wall. <laughs> yes, literally in most cases. They're words on a wall. You, I, I don't know how many companies I've I've gone into initially, where I'll I'll ask somebody, and I love to ask janitors, and I love to ask people that are kind of the invisible people in the company, and I'll say, well, what values does your your company stand for? And they t- they'll tell me making money for themselves, not me. I'm not getting any of it. <laughs> you, <Wow>. know? <laughs> you know, they they basically, uh, it, 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 it's not real. Mm. Yeah, it's just words on a wall. It's just words on a wall. So when you, ha- when you expect to have it laid on you and you're not going inside from the inside out to discover it, it's just going to be words on the wall. You know, I think the same can be said for people when they do go down this path of discovering themselves, you know, to think about your values is great. To write your values down is even greater. But then I think there's another step and that's really internalizing them so that your values and or your purpose or your mission statement or, you know, whatever it is, your goals, whatever it is, they just don't become words on a piece of paper. Like you need to take that extra step to really internalize those things so that, you know, they're there. Well, and the, and the magic of it is they're already there. Yeah. You just have to find them. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier on about this, that feeling of, of um, fear and almost discomfort, you know, like Mowgli stepping into the unknown, stepping into the jungle. And it makes me think of a quote that you wrote to me in one of our conversations a while ago. <laughs> and I want to now read it to you and I want to ask you, what does this quote mean? So... Uh, The quote is from M. Scott Peck, and the quote is, Our finest moments are most likely to occur occur when we are feeling deeply uncomfortable, unhappy, or unfulfilled. For it is only in such moments, propelled by our discomfort, that we are likely to step out of our ruts and start searching for different ways or truer answers. So what does that mean to you, Diane? Well, that's exactly what happened to me, because when we're comfortable... Why change it? Mm, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's happy. It's happy. It's go lucky. You know, you've got your little bag of pedals and skipping around, dropping your pedals everywhere, and that's great. We need those times. That's what keeps us sane. It's the times of deep discontent that you can either be. You have some choices around deep discontent. You can blame others for it. You can. 
say, what is this here to teach me? Where's the pony in the pile here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> where is this opportunity here? What is this telling me? What do I have to learn from this? Or you can ignore it. Drink more, take drugs, you know, do all of the numbing things that people do to not feel. And I think facing it and saying, what does this have to teach me? There's something here that I that I can learn from is important because and and you don't become a victim to it when you do that also. Mm, absolutely. You know, it's funny when you talk about those three different options because um, in my life, in, in my exp- my journey, um, I ignored it. I ignored those things, those uncomfortable things in my life. And it really started probably in college. And the way that I would ignore it, I would smoke pot. So there you go. weed was my thing. And I just would turn to that whenever I was feeling that little, that little pinch of, of, you know, Matthew, you're not facing something, boom, I would immediately go and I'd get high. And I did that for years up until one point where I just, it kind of was like an avalanche of realization of what I was doing. It was like, oh my gosh, what, this is why you're doing it. It's no longer a social thing. It, you, you know, all the rationalizing that you did doesn't mean anything. And so I, you know, I gave it up cold turkey, but for a long time, for years, I chose option number three. From what you listed and I just ignored it and I got nowhere fast by doing that. Yeah. And, and, and that is a choice. It's a choice that people make every single solitary day. And one of the things, uh, when I was validating my research and chopping wood, carrying water, I began teaching transformation classes and transition classes for a community college. I had just gone through this process myself of inner reflection and was just on fire with finding my own solutions. And so I was teaching those solutions to people who in the Reagan administration were being kicked off of long-term welfare. And I met a lot of people, both men and women, who had been uh, seriously put into tiny little boxes and sometimes very cruelly as, as children. And I think finding the pony in the pile was, it almost became a banner cry because mm-hmm. that is so empowering because you step out of that box completely. And that rut that Scott Peck's talking about in terms of, you know, it's those times of, of real uncomfortable, sometimes panicky situations that when, when you stand to face it, sometimes it feels like you've just jumped off the trapeze and you don't see, you don't see any handhold Mm. coming at you, but but you realize that, that you have your your being will never give you more than what you can handle. And yeah. I really believe that in those broken situations that I was dealing with with people as they resolved them, oh, the power that they move forward with in life was amazing because it transforms kind of feeling like a victim and blaming other th- people for your problems 
it it feels like now I have wisdom around this and I actually can move forward. The box explodes. And it's a, it's a wonderful experience. But it, again, it's not always easy and it's not always comfortable. But sometimes that's what we need. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that the more significant the growth and healing that that is going to happen, the more uncomfortable and the more scary the thing is that you're facing, like the bigger the the lion is that you're going up against, or I guess in Jungle Book, it's a tiger, <laughs> the bigger yeah. the tiger is. But when you do look at that fear, when you do summon up your courage to move through that situation, what is on the other side is so incredible. And, and you're, you're right. The box explodes, you know, it's, it's just, it's an amazing, amazing feeling. And um, I absolutely know right now there are people listening who are in the midst of one of their biggest fears. You know, they're going through that situation. And um, yeah, I, I recommend heed Diane's advice and <laughs> move, move, you know, move through it, move with it. And, um, you know, it's it's that ego, like your ego believes that I think this is my, my belief that the the ego will will flare up and the ego's biggest fear is that you're going to die. Yeah. Right? It's like that's the worst absolute worst thing that can happen from facing your fear is that you will die. And you know what? If that happens then you don't really have to worry about facing the fear anyway, you know? <laughs> Well, and it's interesting that you talk about the ego because there was a point in my own process of where I, I actually said vocally to my ego, you are so smart. (laughs) (laughs) You are so big. You have been so protective. And guess what? It's awful. I am so sorry. I Mm. gave you the wrong program. Mm, Wow. You know, this is the way we're headed. You're so strong and smart. Get us there, you know. And it was, you know, it's like, okay, right. That inner tiger was in very much my ego. And uh, uh, that's how we kind of got out of the jungle. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. Well, um, Diane, we've we've gone way past the mark that I told you we would stop at <laughs> earlier before we started recording. Um, so I do have one, one more question for you. And um, I'm really curious, what is your big why in life? What is that thing that, that lights you up and that you're most passionate about right now? Well, my why is getting into the hands of as many people on the planet as I can, tigers, which is building communities and building relationships that are founded in trust, interdependence, genuineness, empathy, risk, and success. And it's almost an epic challenge right now because Mm. I am connecting all the little sales dots and things that are outside my strengths right now to make sure that when it all comes together, I've got something that I can hand to the people with the strengths and say, go for it. Mm, That's amazing. So if people wanted to learn more about you and what you do, and learn about tigers, where can they go? They can go to core values, C-O-R-E-V-A-L-U-E-S.com. And uh, that would be the first stop. Or they could send me an invite to connect on LinkedIn. Hey. 
at Diane Crampton, D-I-A-N-N-E, that's two N's in Diane Crampton, C-R-A-M as in Mary, P as in Paul, T as in Tom, O-N as in Nancy. <laughs> I love that. And I will put links to the Core Values website, um, as well as your LinkedIn, if you want me to, I can put a link in the show notes. And Absolutely. people can, uh, I love. I love it when the when people, as wonderful as you, Matthew, step out of the morass of the, I don't know what you call social networks, and actually forge wonderful, thoughtful conversations mm. and and uh, collaboration. Oh, we we've certainly had some some wonderful conversations. I think that's an understatement, and um, I know that this is going to spark off just an amazing amount of synergy and collaboration between the two of us. Cause it's like we said at the top of this episode, this is the first time we have had a verbal conversation. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I want a birth announcement. Yes. Yes, you will. I will absolutely be sending you <laughs> one of those. And um, so before we, before we leave, um, I would like for you to just leave us with a nugget of wisdom, something that we can chew on throughout the day. Um, that you know you want to impart on myself and the listeners be well hmm. be well be well be well with yourself be well with your health be well with your spirituality be well mentally be well emotionally be well hmm. and then you'll do well i love that i love that well diane I cannot thank you enough for uh, for carving out some time to jump off of LinkedIn and hop onto Skype and chat with me today. Thank you so joy. much. It's my joy. Wonderful, wonderful. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, that's right. We are one of the shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you have to do is visit www.firesidenetwork.com forward slash having it all. From there, you can access all of the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests, and more. Second, we also have a standalone website for having it all where you can learn about me, discover how we further our mission at having it all, and pick up some free content around creating your ideal life and just experiencing life more powerfully. You can find that at www.havingitall.co. Again, that's www.havingitall.co. Thanks again for listening to the show. Here's to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.